Good day to you, my friend. Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your day. Can you right now reach over and pick up your Bible and join me as mine is open to the book of Amos. Amos chapter 7. Amos is one of those minor prophet books. It's called minor, not because it is less important, just simply because it is shorter. Amos, please, in chapter 7. And along with getting your Bible, why don't you get something on which you can jot down some outline words. I'll be giving them today, some words beginning with the letter W. But then with that pen and paper handy, you can be ready to jot down how to contact us because I want to put into your hand a sample packet of gospel tracts, and I'll say something about those here in just a moment. Here's my question to lead in today. Should preachers have the ear of the president or the prime minister or the king or whatever the leader is called? Should the preacher have uh, the ear of the president? Now, most of us would say yes, as long as we get to pick out what who the preacher's going to be. The United States of America has certain things built into its founding documents. One of those things is that thing we call the separation of church and state. And I am sure you have an accurate historical understanding of that built-in principle. Our founding fathers said that there would be no national church. Now, England has a recognized church, the Anglican Church. It's their national church. We in the United States have no one religious group with any special privileges, but the religious truth was never to be excluded from our governmental decision-making. Here in Amos 7, there's a priest, a preacher named Amaziah. He has the ear of the king. He is actively trying to openly influence the king of Israel to squash another preacher. Now, that preacher is Amos, who is God's prophet. Now, if we learn anything at all from today, we need to learn that there is a danger when one religious group has a special place and has a higher rank over other religions in a particular country. By the way, I do want my president to have access to biblically-based voices and truth. That's why, at least in part, You and I who know Christ are commanded to pray for those in authority over us. But join me today in seeing the collision of two religions and one government. Amos, please, in chapter 7. I mentioned those gospel tracts a moment ago. A gospel tract, that word tract, by the way, is spelled T-R-A-C-T. A gospel tract is a short written presentation of God's plan of how a sinner can be saved from their sin. The one on my hand right now is entitled, When You Meet God. When You Meet God. Now, the first part of this gospel tract just deals with this issue. Man is a sinner. God is holy and man is a sinner. Man, because of his sin, is unfit and unable to be in the presence of a holy God. That means you can't go to heaven. The second part of this gospel tract lays out this fact that God has made a way for forgiveness of sins. It asks this question, how can God who is holy forgive and accept lost, guilty sinners? Someone must bear the sinner's sin and pay the penalty for them. It goes on to say that animal sacrifice cannot do it, but then it explains that Jesus, the word of God, came into the world to shed his blood and provide cleansing for 
us. Oh, what a great truth. Very simply laid out here. It goes on with great clarity to explain the whole purpose of Jesus dying on the cross and what he accomplished there. When you meet God. It's a great gospel tool. Frankly, if you're a believer in Christ, this gospel tool will encourage your heart for you to read it before you give it to somebody else. If you will contact us and give us your name and your mailing address, we will send you a sample packet which contains one each of all of our English gospel tracks. Please do that. Have it ready. Some of you listening have been thinking about doing that for a long time and just haven't pulled the trigger on making that an actuality. Make today the day that you get and order that sample packet, please. All right, if your Bible is open there to the book of Amos, chapter 7, I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, thou prophet, go, flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread, and prophesy there. But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel. It is the king's court. Stop, please, right there. Now, I had hoped to, on last Friday's broadcast, to deal with all three of or all four of these verses, but in reality, I didn't make it out of verse 10. I titled verses 10 through 13 this way, A Priest Talks. A Priest Talks. When we get to verses 14 to 17, my title there will be A Prophet Talks. And last Friday, based upon the opening part of verse 10, I used the word called. Called. God calls or God openly identifies this man, Amaziah. He calls him by name. Then I used the word categorized last Friday. God categorizes or God labels what kind of priest Amaziah is or Amaziah was in his day. He was a priest of Bethel. That means he was a false preacher. Let me give you one more C word right now. It's the word connected. Connected in the second half of verse 10. This is where Amaziah has the ear of King Jeroboam. Therefore, he, Amaziah, is connected to the government leader, and he has a rather unique voice and unique importance there. But today, I want to move past Amaziah, the man, to talk about the accusation made. I'm moving from Amaziah, the man, to the accusation made. What accusation does this false preacher make against God's prophet? Notice how verse 10, Amaziah warns the king. Here's my W words begin. He's going to warn the king. He says to the king that this Amos guy, this prophet has conspired, that word's used there in verse 10, conspired against the king. That is a charge of treason being made. This preacher told Jeroboam the king that Amos was making plans among the common folk to hurt the king or maybe even kill the king. In verse 9, Amos had preached that Jehovah 
Jehovah would bring a sword against the house of the king. Amos didn't plot the death of Jeroboam. God was plotting his death. Amos was trying to warn Jeroboam so that Jeroboam the king might repent and be delivered or rescued from the judgment that was to come. After warning the king in verse 10, Amaziah, the false prophet, false preacher here, tells the words, that's my second W word, the words of Amos there in verse 11. In verse 11, Amaziah quotes Amos and some of the things he'd been preaching. He says this, and I'm reading now, Jeroboam shall die by the sword and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their land. Well, after giving the king a warning of treason and the words of of Amos, he then, in verse 12, gives to Amos some wisdom, but it's not God's wisdom, it's man's wisdom. Put into plain, everyday English, this ungodly preacher tells the true prophet of God, the true preacher of God, to just, well, go away. Just go away. Our Bibles read this way, flee thee away into the land of Judah. It goes on to say there, that go and there eat your bread. That phrase, eat your bread, refers to make a living. Go there into Judah, uh, to a different country, and make your living there. This wicked religious guy is giving a, well, not so veiled threat. He says, you had better run for your life here, buddy, and do it quickly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me ask. Can preachers be threatened with real bodily harm for preaching truth? The answer is absolutely. Does this kind of thing happen in our day? The answer is absolutely. I know of a preacher who was visited by the local drug dealers and told he had better stop his work there in their town because he was leading some druggies to Christ. He better stop doing his work there or they would bomb his house. Now, can preachers get scared when this happens? The answer is absolutely. We're human beings, you know. But, but friend, listen, more often than not in our day, in my country, the threats don't come from drug dealers. They come from influential church members. They say things like this, Pastor, We don't want you preaching anymore about this sin or that sin or this issue or that issue. And if you do, we're going to run you out of this place. Beloved, that happens far more than you would ever want to know. And I'm not stretching the truth. Does this kind of thing impact a pastor? Well, it does. If he's got a family to feed, you better believe it does. I've used three words all beginning with the letter W. I've talked about a warning. I've talked about words. I've talked about wisdom. Let me give you one more. It's just the word what, based upon verse 13. What does this wicked prophet want Amos to do? Verse 13 says, and I'm reading again, prophesy not again anymore in Bethel. Then he tells him why he wants him to stop. He says, Bethel is the king's chapel, and it's the king's court. You see, Bethel was the place that was the center for the false religion there, and that's where the king worshiped and the king lived. Oh, beloved friend, God does call all godly people, all born-again people, he calls all of us to declare his truth, tell his gospel in wherever we are. But most of us do that faithfully in our own territory. But yet God continues to call some out. 
and he calls them out to take his word into places, into cultures that are hostile to God's truth. Why? Simple. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because, friend, even in those darkest places, the gospel of God's grace and mercy and salvation will work. And God loves to show his mercy to those most hostile to him, that they might be some of the most choice trophies of grace for all eternity. That's why we take the gospel into the Muslim world, and we're seeing Oh, 200,000 come to Christ and be public ba- publicly baptized in the last, oh, four years or so. Dear friend, the gospel works in even the most hostile places. Are you and I using the gospel? Get their tracks. Get the gospel into the hands of lost people. Tell them the gospel. Look them in the eye and tell them the love of Christ. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.